Do you have high cholesterol despite eating well, exercising, and being healthy? Do you struggle with painful periods, PMS, or hormonal acne? Has your doctor ever told you that you have elevated liver enzymes? Or do you deal with foggy-headedness, bloating, and waking up between 2 to 4 a.m. regularly? If so, these are all signs that you have a congested liver. A congested liver is a non-diagnostic term to describe a liver that is not diseased, but is functioning suboptimally. Your liver has lots of roles. It helps you digest by creating bile, it balances iron and glucose in your body, and helps you detox. If your liver is congested, it can't keep up with all of these roles, and you will suffer from a wide variety of symptoms. Unfortunately, traditional doctors are neither trained to screen for a congested liver or to teach you how you can heal your liver and help him function at its best again. On today's episode, I'm teaching you about your mighty liver, why your liver enzymes and cholesterol might be elevated, and three steps you can take to naturally heal your liver. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. All right, guys. So we are continuing our series today on the detox pathways. We are now on detox pathway number six. We're almost done, guys. Next week, we have detox pathway number seven, which is the spleen, which I'm really excited to be bringing to y'all because not a lot of people talk about the spleen. I definitely find that it's not one of those over talked about things like heal your spleen, do it naturally. When it comes to detoxing, a lot more often it's like, go and sweat somewhere, get in a sauna, infrared, all these things. And yet it is, our spleens are incredibly helpful and important to us. And so you do not want to miss next week's episode because honestly, it's probably going to be information you've never heard before, which is part of why I'm so excited to bring it to y'all. But back to liver, liver is something that comes up in the Better Belly podcast a lot. I've talked about it multiple times in this whole detox series. It's I feel like every episode I talk about the skin and I talk about the colon and pooping and peeing and I always somehow end up mentioning the liver. And so today we're actually talking about the liver. I've kind of been holding out. So if you've been frustrated and I mentioned, well, to make your skin detox really well, you also want to think about the liver. Wait for the liver episode. It is here. The liver episode is here. 
So I just want to jump into the liver. If you've been on the Better Belly podcast for a while, you know that I've talked about it a lot. And I want to make sure that this episode doesn't sound super repetitive. I do want to hit the main point so that you really fully understand the liver at the end of the day. And if you've heard this, you know, second or third time might help you concrete some ideas in your head of how important the liver is and the role it plays and what you can actually do to help heal it 360 without missing any pieces or kind of forgetting something by the wayside and and end, ending up not getting the results you want. But you might be wondering, first off, Allison, how do I even know if my liver needs a little bit of love, right? Now, I will say, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some symptoms that are going on, maybe in your gut health and in your mental energies, just fatigue, foggy headedness, maybe some skin stuff, acne, you know, hormonal things going on, all those kind of tend to come together, right? They're all, they're, they're a package and the liver's kind of hanging out all at the center. And so if you have symptoms of liver congestion, you're going to have problems like nasal congestion and sinusitis. I talk about this on our episode, uh, the gut sinus connection, which I will link in our show notes. Uh, you are going to have worsening allergies. You can have rash, acne, eczema, and psoriasis popping up, brain fog, joint and muscular pain. You might have a yellow or orange tint to your skin, which I for one, we'll say I actually had this when I was really sick in 2015. My hands were actually kind of turning an orangish. It was most noticeable on my hands. And there was, again, this orange tint to it. And I was eating a lot of carrots at the time because I was on the low FODMAP diet. And I couldn't eat a lot of other vegetables like broccoli and and so I was just eating lots of carrots. And so my family actually thought like, maybe Allison, maybe you're eating too many carrots. And I remember trying to eat fewer and fewer carrots and my orange skin just not going away. And I look back and realize, oh my goodness, these kind of orange hands and the bottom of my feet also looked pretty orange. That was definitely my liver not functioning so hotly. So definitely yellow or an orange tint of skin is a real thing and very possible. Uh, any PMS or estrogen dominant symptoms, that's going to be tender breasts, irritability, irregular periods, heavy periods, very painful periods, uh, difficulty digesting fat. So after eating fatty meals, you don't feel so well. You get extra bloating. You might get pain on your right side of your body, your right shoulder, your right neck. Uh, any type of gallstones or gallbladder removal, which falls into the same area of the problem of difficulty digesting fat because the liver produces bile. And if you're not producing enough bile for the gallbladder, the gallbladder bile in there gets stagnant. So you kind of want new bile coming into the gallbladder, keeping it basically thinning out the bile in the gallbladder with new bile and then pushing out the other bile. And so it kind of creates this circulation. So if you have any problems in the liver, it's going to have a higher likelihood of transmitting to bile problems or gallbladder problems. And you've maybe even had a gallbladder removal. Um, that's kind of like you've had problems for a while any type of hypothyroid symptoms. And that could be, you know, you feel like hypothyroid symptoms. So you're gaining weight, you feel really sluggish, maybe you're losing hair and you get your thyroid checked out by your doctor and they say, hey, you don't have any thyroid problems. Well, your liver converts 60% of your thyroid hormone T4 into activated form T3. So even if your brain is sending appropriate amount of signals to your thyroid to say, hey buddy, please make some thyroid and your thyroid's actually 
making thyroid hormone, it makes T4. Well, you're not going to get to the activated amount of T4, which turns to T3, unless your liver is functioning well. So really important for liver health, or excuse me, thyroid health, and, and just all the benefits that come from thyroid, really healthy skin, healthy nails. Um, any puffy face or hands is going to correlate with a congested liver because there's systemic inflammation. And we talked about this in our, in our episode on lymph and getting rid of your puffy face and hands. And that has to do with the fact that when your blood has toxins in it, uh, which we're going to get to in a second, but your liver filters out blood. And if it doesn't filter out all the toxins in the blood, then it goes everywhere in your body and you're going to get toxins all the way up into your face that then your your lymphatic system has to deal with and you're going to get a puffy face and hands from that lymphatic system being congested. Any bloating and gas, waking up at 2 to 4 a.m., especially if you're sweating at 2 to 4 a.m. Uh, 2 to 4 a.m. is known in Chinese medicine as liver hour or liver time. And so if your liver is, is not able to do all its jobs in a given day or given daytime hours, it will turn on at night to finish some of its jobs. And the liver has a ton of blood in it. It's a huge piece of organ. And it, when it turns on and it's filtering blood, it heats you up. And so you might end up sweating too. So I definitely get plenty of clients. And I myself experienced this in my mid-20s when I was super sick that, you know, you think to yourself, okay, I'm having all these health problems. Am I also possibly going through menopause because I'm having night sweats? Well, that can also be because of liver. So if you're experiencing night sweats, it's definitely important to check out hormones. But honestly, most of the time with with, let's see, all of my clients, except for one who truly was going through menopause, the night sweats went away when you heal the liver. Uh, any weakness or difficulty gaining muscle due to the liver's role in processing protein, and then just general fatigue. So those are going to be a bunch of symptoms that you might be feeling today or on a daily basis. And then some things that you might have heard or have happened to you is you might get a blood work because you don't feel well. And your doctor says, hey, you've got high cholesterol. And you'll say, well, what is that all about? I've been, you know, I went gluten-free. I've changed my diet. I try to exercise. I'm trying to do all these things because I'm having health problems. Why do I have high cholesterol? Well, it's because your liver is stressed out by all your health problems. There is a source. It's not in your head and it's showing up in your cholesterol. You don't need cholesterol medication per se. You want to still talk with your physician, but consider the fact that usually that it's very possible that you're you are not having high cholesterol because you're deficient in cholesterol medication same with elevated liver enzymes this is the enzymes alt ast ggt and something called alkaline phosphatase if these are elevated it's just a sign that the liver's opt uh functioning suboptimally it might again not mean that oh you have a disease of the liver and it might not even be saying you're necessarily going to get it, but you're definitely not functioning optimally and you're feeling that way. So that's some ways that you can think of. Is it possible that you're having problems with that? And again, if you want to hear more on the liver's interaction with specific systems of the body, you can go to episode 45, the gut skin connection, which I'll link in the show notes or episode 47, the gut sinus connection, uh, really phenomenal other podcast episodes. So let's get into this. You you want to heal your liver, you have three steps and it's great. So step number one, you want to remove aggravating sources of inflammation. 
You will not get results from detoxing your liver if you still have aggravating sources of inflammation. And what I mean is if you don't do what I'm about to talk about here in step one, when if you try to do step two and three, you're going to be chasing your tail a bit because step two and three is about getting those toxins out of the liver. But if you're trying to get toxins out of your liver in step two and three, and you're simultaneously dumping toxins into the liver by sources that are active, active sources of inflammation, you're kind of be, you're just going to be chasing your tail and you're never going to, you'll like maybe feel better temporarily if at all. And you'll kind of feel like, Hey, I'm wasting my time, money, energy, effort into step two and three. And, and maybe this thing just isn't working for me and I'm just going to be stuck. And you'll kind of come to this conclusion possibly that you're just stuck this way or this isn't your problem. So you really do want to consider step one, which is removing active and aggravating sources of inflammation. Well, well, what do I mean by that? Like, what's a source of inflammation? Source of inflammation I'm talking about is not the average everyday toxins that we're going to run into. This is things like metabolic waste, just like natural toxins our cells make. It's not toxins that we're just going to normally run into the world from our food, water, fires that we were building. Think like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, we were still needing to process toxins. It's not like toxins is a new idea as of the 20th or 21st century. It just, we're coming into contact with a lot more toxins. Or if you're, or if you're not feeling well, you particularly have more toxins than your liver can handle. Um, fun fact, and maybe I should have put this in my list of symptoms for a liver, but if you are sensitive to alcohol, that's a sign that you're, it's, it's one too many toxins for your, for your liver, right? So we know that alcohol can aggravate the liver. But if you find, hey, I can have a quarter of a drink or a half of a drink and have the same symptoms of a full as a full drink or two drinks, or I just feel horrible. I don't ever get to the tipsy f- part. I just immediately feel bad. That's a big sign your liver's or too burdened with toxins and alcohol is just one too many toxin that day. But again, our bodies are designed to handle things even like alcohol. So the problem is when the sources become overwhelmingly abundant for the liver. So here are some possible sources that are that are kind of just big on their own and you want to make sure you don't have. Number one, pathogens. This includes one-time infections and then ongoing hidden infections because infections are going to add a load to the liver to try and get rid of all the little toxic juices that the infection has created and all the cells that died and all the white blood cells that are kind of filtering around and, and being procreated and then dying as they fight the infection right? The liver just gets really stressed by general infections, right? So you can think everything from something intense like COVID or pneumonia or bronchitis to kind of average everyday things like flu to the hidden invisible pathogens I talk about on this podcast that we look for primarily in the foundations program, H. pylori, a stomach pathogen, bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, parasites, which I had myself. Um, I can link the episode where I talk about that. The number one most common parasite for IBS is something called blastocystis hominis. And I know several people who listen to the podcast have had it, know they currently have it, have had a hard time getting rid of it. It can be a stubborn parasite to get rid of. Well, all that being said, doctors don't really look for it that often, or the testing they use isn't particularly sensitive for several reasons. But the point being, it ends up being hidden in your body, at least hidden from conventional medicine. So pathogens is the number one thing that I look for with my clients. And if you're having ongoing liver 
uh, congestion symptoms that I've noted here, you definitely want to look for pathogens. Number two, heavy metals. Number three, food sensitivities. And food you know, sensitivities, they're not everything, right? You could get rid of all of your food sensitivities and still have symptoms because going gluten-free doesn't get rid of parasites or H. pylori or mercury, which I found all these things in my clients. Uh, Leaky gut of any sort is going to encourage uh, inflammation because you're getting extra toxins into the bloodstream because that wall that's supposed to be a barrier from the inside of your gut to your blood is weakened. And so it's just letting in things that it shouldn't. Um, with leaky gut, you don't want to just like, I don't know, do some type of leaky gut diet or leaky gut supplements. You want to find the cause of that leaky gut. There's many causes and it's, you really have to do individualized testing to understand what for you is particularly causing your leaky gut. Certain medications can really irritate the liver in particular, the pill, for contraception has been shown to irritate the liver. It's not talked about by conventional doctors, but some one doctor who's done some phenomenal research on it is Dr. Jolene Brighton, who wrote the book Beyond the Pill. Highly recommend that book as well if you want to learn more about that. Alcohol irritates the liver. Candida irritates the liver, specifically candida as a pathogen, because candida uses up something called the aldehyde enzyme. Uh, it's called aldehyde dehydrogenase, and it's what breaks down alcohol and, and gets rid of the toxins, aceta uh, aldehyde, right? So if you have candida, you're basically always getting this low level or maybe even higher level grade of exposure as if you were drinking alcohol. On top of that, if you drink any alcohol and you have candida overgrowth. Candida A loves alcohol, so you're actually encouraging candida to grow. And B, you're adding even more acetaldehyde to your body that it has to break down. And you're just going to have a much bigger response. Again, with that alcohol sensitivity going on where you might get a headache with it or feel foggy headed or just feel like, you know, with a very small amount of alcohol, you feel like you have the symptoms of a full drink or more, right? Uh, any non-metal toxins, that's parabens, phthalates, things are chemicals like perfumes, colognes, shampoos that have scents in them, anything scented that's not essential oil, it's pretty much going to be a paraben or phthalate. Uh, psychological stress, physical restrictions, which I'm going to get into more here. It's something I do not hear talked about a lot. Physical restrictions of your liver, guys. Your liver is physical. Like it's a real, <laughs> it's a real thing, just like your arm or your fingers are a real thing. And you're, or it's a huge organ, right? So if you put your hand on the right side of your rib cage, it's way bigger than your hand, but it's going to be spanning across the, the side of your hand on the right side of your body over to the left of your body. I mean, it passes the midline of your body over to about halfway over to your left side. It's a huge organ, about three and a half pounds just on its own if it were taken out of the body. And if you get into a car accident, you've fallen on your tailbone, you've fallen off a bike, you've fallen out of a tree, you've been collided into doing some type of kid sport or doing soccer or volleyball, kind of diving for something in volleyball, all these things rattle your entire rib cage and your liver. It's a dense organ. It is going to absorb and it's known to absorb impacts like physics, think physics, something that is dense is going to actually absorb impact opposed to something that is, has less mass to it. It's going to let that impact or the force go through it a little bit more. And so the liver takes a lot of that force and certain ligaments around it, things like the right triangular ligament, the left triangular ligament, these can get 
restricted and then the the liver literally cannot move anymore. And it's important that even organs move. If you have a restriction, now you might be like, Allison, this is super weird. You're mentioning like a restriction in my organ. Can organs really get restricted? I can get like a tight shoulder. Can I get a tight organ? You can. Your organs have ligaments and fascia around it, just like your your joints do. But um, you're wondering, well, is there any way I could know that I have a restriction of like a physical restriction around my organ or around my liver? Yes, you can. So some common symptoms of a physical restriction of a liver, there are going to be some additional things that are not just biochemical. The physical manifestations of a tight liver can include a tight shoulder, a tight or stiff shoulder, a tight or stiff uh, right neck. So I'm talking about, excuse me, right shoulder or a right side of your neck. It's going to include possibly acid reflux because your liver and your stomach share a very big ligament. It's called the gastrophrenic ligament. And if the liver's unhappy, it can make the stomach unhappy, which can make the opening of the stomach right underneath the diaphragm really unhappy. So these are going to, you're, you're actually going to have a decreased often range of motion. So turning your body from the right to the left or from the left to the right, just moving your whole, whole torso that way, you might have a restricted range of motion, particularly going from the left to the right. These are things and tests that I do with my clients who come into my office when I'm checking them using techniques of visceral manipulation. I'm looking, is there visceral restriction around that organ? So this is a very real problem that I see clients have time and again. And then another thing that will happen when the liver is congested is that now toxins will build up natural toxins. Um, so toxins being it's something that was good and now you, your body wants to get rid of it. So that includes something like estrogen. Estrogen is one of the number one hormones that the liver detoxes. And if you get congestion in the liver, maybe due to a pathogen, candida, taking the pill, um, some food sensitivities, a couple heavy metal, you know, uh, introductions, accumulations in your body, the liver's kind of like, oh, things are getting heavy in here. And now you have your period and a bunch of estrogen needs to be detoxed super fast. And the liver says, hey, I can't keep up. Well, guess what? Now estrogen is backed up and becomes its own toxin. You're constantly behind on getting estrogen out of your body. And that's where the hormonal problems come, the hormonal acne, the PMS, the painful periods, tender breast, irritability around your cycle, sometimes even around ovulation. So this is all step number one is remove aggravating sources of inflammation. You want to deal with these things. But once you start dealing with them and, and as you're dealing with them, you also get the opportunity to do step number two, mobilize, mobilize, mobilize. We want to mobilize the toxins in the liver and we want to mobilize the liver itself. Number one, do visceral manipulation. When you get visceral manipulation, we actually help release restrictions, those physical restrictions that are around the liver so it can get fresh blood into it, so it can get rid of bile and actually dump the bile that might be getting caught in its ducts inside of the liver. So now you have bile release. The bile is a natural heavy metal chelator, so bile actually binds um, binds heavy metals, right? So if you have any heavy metal problems, if you're thinking about wanting to detox heavy metals, one of the best ways you can detox heavy metals is having a healthy gallbladder and liver. 
to produce bile. So visceral manipulation is going to be huge. If you want to find a visceral manipulation practitioner near you, you can use my easy to use resource. Go to betterbellytherapies.com slash find. And I actually teach you how you can find a therapist near you. If you live near the Metro Detroit region, Ann Arbor, just the southeast side of Michigan, I would love to see you in my office. You can go to betterbillytherapies.com slash booking or go click the link in the show notes and set up a new client evaluation. I would love, love, love to see you in. But visceral manipulation is going to be super helpful. Uh, There's actually some personal exercises you can do that I actually teach my clients. A lot of times if you actually do have physical restrictions around your liver from anything that's happened in your history from childhood onward, these will not be as effective. And I often don't give them to my clients to do until we start to see more mobility in the liver. But belly breathing is super helpful for the liver because the diaphragm is right above the liver. And when you breathe, it, it can actually stretch and mobilize that liver and give it some motion. If you, again, if you have those restrictions, what'll actually happen is belly breathing will kind of be uncomfortable. You might actually make your shoulders sore or your neck sore because your breath can't go into your belly very easily. So it goes into your shoulders, right? So that pressure has to go somewhere. You might get stitches in your side when you run if this is not mobile enough because you, as you're trying to breathe, that liver is not dropping. And so you're getting stitches, you're literally getting muscle cramps in your diaphragm because it can't go anywhere. Um, So there's belly breathing and there's also a lifting your chest breathing and stretch. And both of these are super, super helpful. I've shown them on my Instagram before and you can do them at any time. You can do them at work, in the morning, at night, before bed, when you wake up, when you're in line at the grocery store. I've done it everywhere. It's amazing. It feels amazing when you have that mobility and you're increasing it. So one more note before we move on from this kind of visceral manipulation and exercising and kind of mobilizing liver, but you will likely not feel like you have a restricted liver. Some people have that sense. Most of my clients don't until it's not restricted anymore. And this is because our bodies get used to feeling the ways that they feel. So it's kind of like if you're in a dark room, you get used to being in that dark room. And if you go outside to the light, it's only then that you might realize like, wow, it's <laughs> it's so light outside. Or if you're light, if you're outside and it's really bright, and you come inside and it's darker, you're like, oh, it's so dark in here, right? So our bodies are de- designed to actually get used to to whatever's going on so your brain can focus on the newest input in it, right? So you might not feel that you have a congested liver because your body feels quote unquote normal. But again, if you have that right neck pain and stiffness, right shoulder pain and stiffness, stitches in your right side when you run, um, or just any of these uh, liver symptoms, liver related symptoms, then you want to consider getting visceral manipulation and then being able to start doing better exercises with your diaphragm for your liver. Another way that you can mobilize toxins in the liver is through something called a coffee enema and something, uh, an actual product called the push catch. And I like combining these two. It's if you've been on the podcast before, or been listening, you've heard me talk about coffee enemas before. So enemas are incredibly powerful in the liver. There's a vein system, so think blood, uh, blood that's being dumped. It's not coming from the heart that's like fresh with nutrients and oxygen. It's actually old blood that has waste in it. So you, there's a venous system that goes straight from your colon 
to your liver. It's called the hepatic portal vein system. And it takes all the waste and crap in your gut and puts it straight to your liver because your body says, we don't want this going anywhere else. We don't want it going to the legs. We don't want it going to the arms or the heart or the brain until it passes through the liver. Well, when you do a coffee enema and push catch, number one, the enema gets rid of that stool. So even if you poop regularly, a lot of times there can be little granules of stool that are around the edges of the colon or stuck in the uh, corners of the colon as, as it as it your colon kind of goes up from your pelvis, hits the rib cage, goes across your abdomen, hits your rib cage again, and then comes back down. Well, those two little corners can a lot of a lot of times get stool stuck in them. So just getting an enema can be helpful. But on top of it, having coffee that is the liquid for the enema, caffeine will dilate the ducts in your liver. So it'll dilate bile ducts and cause bile to come through. Uh, Again, we talked about bile being that natural chelator. It helps with fat digestion and assimilation, which will help with bloating and have, you'll have better nutrition absorption, which can help with fatigue. But you want that caffeine to open up those ducts so that you can get the toxins, both the, you know, the good stuff like the bile and toxins to be able to be dumped by the liver. So when the toxins then are dumped, they come into a nice empty or at least emptier colon, right? So you can poop it out easier. And then there is a product called the Push Catch by Quicksilver Scientific, and it it has two parts to it. One part is a liquid part that you put in your mouth shortly. It has nutrients in it and supplements in it that helps mobilize even more toxins. So it pushes the toxins out of the liver. And then the catch, which is a supplement that augments the binding of toxins. The one problem that people will run into when they are detoxing their liver is they might actually mobilize toxins and you might feel worse temporarily or even long term because you mobilize the toxins and if you don't bind them, they will end up floating somewhere else in the body and relodging there. So you definitely want to bind toxins. And then if you want to know more about this, I have a favorite podcast podcast on coffee enemas. It's by Amy Myers in the Myers Detox podcast. It's called Coffee Enemas and the Science Behind Them with Eileen Durfee. It has details on what coffee to use, how to brew it, science and history behind coffee enemas. I love the podcast episode and I will put the link in the show notes for y'all to listen to. Another thing you can do for mobilizing coffee or mobilizing liver is using castor oil packs. So this is going to be on your rib cage close to where your liver is. Now I have a great story about this. I had a client who came to me with PMS and hormone imbalance. She had hormonal acne in particular, and she had also, of course, pathogens, candida, H. pylori, the whole lot. And as we were working on all these other inflammatory problems, I said, let's try using a castor oil pack. And we started her off at just one hour at a time because we wanted to make sure that we didn't over detox her more than her body could handle. And that first time she used it just for one hour, she had this initial flare of acne as her liver cleansed. And then just a few days later, her acne significantly decreased. She also, when she, after she used it, she immediately felt better, like clear in her head. And then she slowly was able to increase how how long she kept the castor oil pack on her right side of her rib cage until she was able to have it on all through the night. And by the time she had her next period, so she started this in the middle of her ovulation about two weeks later, her next period was significantly less painful. And that had to do with the fact that her body was detoxing estrogen better. Of course, if it's detoxing estrogen better, it's also doing everything else better. All it's 
its other roles. If you want to try a castor oil pack, I highly recommend Queen of Thrones. They have organic castor oil and really easy to use castor oil packs. You don't have to microwave it. If you're familiar at all with the normal castor oil process, it can be really a pain. And so they have the easiest solution out there. And I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get that roll easy. So number one, you're going to remove those active sources of inflammation. Number two, you can mobilize through a variety of steps. And honestly, I layer all of these. I've, I've done all these things myself. I've done the castor oil pack, particularly after I was pregnant. You can't do it when you're pregnant. You don't want to because you can actually detox the hormones necessary for pregnancy. And just, it's just not great. So you don't want to, you don't want to work on detoxing when you're pregnant, basically. Um, but as soon as I was done being pregnant, I did a castor oil pack. I've done coffee enema and push catch before. I loved that. Saw a huge improvement in my health and visceral manipulation and the belly breathing that I teach. I do all the time for my liver. It's phenomenal. And the number three, step number three is you want to give your liver nutrients. And this is in the form typically of supplements, but you can also do eat some foods that are specifically helpful for the liver. So supplements, they're going to be called milk thistle and acetylcysteine. You can also take glutathione, which is converted N-acetylcysteine, so just kind of skip the conversion process your liver has to do, something called phosphatidylcholine, taurine, alpha-lipoic acid, and these are all supplements that are in a supplement I love to use called liver nutrients of all names, and I actually have this push-catch, coffee enema instructions, liver nutrients, everything you would need to do a total liver support. I have this in an easy-to-use link where you can get all of these things 10% off, so just go to the link in the show notes, total liver support protocols, what you'll look for. And you'll be able to get all of these things that I've talked about here, the push catch, the coffee enema, the, the liver nutrients supplement, and be able to get all of that 10% off there. So total liver support protocol, check out the link in the show notes, but these are really helpful. Again, they're not going to be, they'll be helpful if you do nothing else, but you're going to be chasing your tail a bit and not like actually getting to the bottom of things unless you're doing this with the other parts of the protocol, especially step number one with getting rid of those sources of of inflammation. Number two, uh, part of nutrients is food. And there's a lot of foods you can take that are good for liver. My favorite though, I'm just going to limit the whole list to this is cruciferous veggies. Now the downside to cruciferous veggies is you cannot have them if you're on the low FODMAP diet. And the low FODMAP diet, I have my own thing against it. You can check out episode, I think it's number two. I'll put the link in the show notes, but on why the low FODMAP diet's not healing your gut. Ugh. But if you are on the low FODMAP diet, you're probably having problems with bloating. So you don't want to eat these foods because it could aggravate your bloating. But what you do want to do if you're on the low FODMAP diet is heal your gut using step number one, then you'll be able to eat these, these vegetables again. But cruciferous veggies include broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and kale. And these all have nutrients in them that are, that are very similar to the list of supplements above or that are above that I already listed. And so that's again, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and kale. But ultimately, food's not going to be enough. You cannot just eat those foods and be like, oh, my liver's going to get healthier. If you are having liver congestion problems, you're you're very deeply down the line of toxins, and you will not only have to do active, aggressive steps to detox the liver, you're going to 
likely need to find out what are your active sources of inflammation because remember, you don't feel good. (laughs) If you don't feel good, something's going on. And the reason all of this is important again is that everything goes to the liver. And by everything, I mean all of your blood. (laughs) And your blood goes everywhere in your body. So you want to make sure your blood is clean. Your liver filters all, all, all of your blood. Like think head to toe, head to toe, all the blood that's currently making you feel good or bad, whatever your state of how you're feeling right now, all that blood is filtered 20 to 25 times a day by the liver. Uh, You know, conversely, you can think all that blood is not filtered, like, or it's poorly filtered, right? Or another way to think of it is you have 1.7 liters of blood being filtered per minute, 1.7 liters per minute of blood being filtered by the liver. I want you to think of like a two liter bottle of soda. That's how much is being filtered by your liver every minute. That's 60 times an hour. That's just a lot of blood. Just a lot of blood. (laughs) It's a big organ. So the liver is both somewhere around being a root cause of problems because if the liver is congested, it will then exacerbate all your problems and give you lots of symptoms. But it also is going to be a congested liver is a result of toxicity and illness. The solution, number one, get rid of whatever is harassing your liver. And number two, clean out your liver intentionally. Mobilize and give it nutrients. Liver's superpower in terms of all the other, compared to all of the other detoxing organs, its superpower is binding. If you remember the ABLE method that I talked about, it's agitate, bind, and eliminate. You know, pooping, peeing, and sweating are all about eliminating, getting toxins from inside your body out of your body. The lymphatic system and glymphatic system are all about transporting toxins and agitating them. And then liver is about binding toxins, right? So So it's actually neutralizing and converting it into more stable products that can then be pooped out or peed out, right? So that's liver, guys. It's an amazing organ. I hope this made sense. I hope it answered so many of your liver questions or at least gets you started down the path to understanding why you feel the way you feel and what you can do about it. If you are looking for help in your health, though, if you listen to this list, you're like, this is really overwhelming. I don't know where to start. Um, You know, this, this, this was a lot to take in. This was a lot of information. I would love to help you in your health. I have something called the Foundations Program. We are currently on wait list. In the Foundations Program, I use four key labs to look for all the juicy information I've talked about on this podcast episode so you can find the root cause of your inflammation and heal your liver and get rid of your symptoms for good, like long-term. This is not just about temporarily feeling better, right? And so you can find the hidden causes of your high cholesterol, PMS, painful periods, waking up at night, skin problems, hormonal acne, all these things by using functional lab testing. If you want to know what is going on in your body, then I want to invite you, join this foundation's program waitlist. The only way to know what is going on in your body is to apply relevant testing to your body. You don't want to guess. You want to test, not guess. Gather your data. And once you have that data, you can stop the cycle of trying things that don't work or sort of work or work for a little while and then stop working again. You want to get to the root cause of what's going on and finally get free from your most stubborn symptoms. If you are ready to be free of your symptoms, then sign up for the Foundations Program waitlist today. You can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist 
wait list or click the link in the show notes. I would love to work with you there. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode on the liver and learning more ways that you can help detox your body and feel better. Get rid of that bloat, get rid of that high cholesterol, get rid of that painful periods and start feeling like yourself again, or maybe feeling better than you ever have before. Well, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. And Take a screenshot and share it with a friend if this podcast episode meant something to you or if you thought of someone as you were listening. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Also, if you had a question while you were listening to this episode that I didn't answer, or you've been listening for a while and there's a topic that I've not talked about yet, or you have a question about your health history, I would love to answer it for you. Just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash askallison and you can record your question there. I don't answer questions in any DMs. So if you want your burning question answered, I would love to hear from you. You can leave your name or email or ask anonymously. Again, Go to betterbellytherapies.com slash Allison, ask Allison. You can click record and record straight from your phone. I would love to hear from you. Other ways you can stay in contact is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners there and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. Lastly, if you are ready to work on your health, you have two ways that you can work with me. Number one, apply for the Foundations Program waitlist. In this program, we use four foundational functional lab tests to find the root cause of what's going on in your health, create a customized health plan for you, and then I help walk you through six months of your healing program. Or number two, if you're local to Detroit, Metro Detroit, or Ann Arbor, book a new client evaluation by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash booking. And I would love to see you at our in-person office. You can find all the links to these and more in our show notes. And I would love to connect with you further there. And to end out our podcast episode, our motto, remember, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch you guys next week.